0: Welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast, a weekly show that looks at the experience of pregnancy and child loss through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Eileen Tully. This is the Present in the Pain podcast, and I'm Eileen Tully, and I'm joined by my husband today for our Seventh Sorrow of St. Joseph episode. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to mention a few things. That are coming up within my online community that I thought you might be interested in. The first one is that I am offering a free temperaments workshop uh, called Who You Are Is How You Grieve. So, if you are unfamiliar with my online community, it's a free space for bereaved mothers with pregnancy loss or adult child loss or infant loss, any kind of child loss. Um, It's a free space where you can find other mothers and find support and understanding. It's also the home of my online video retreat and uh, coming up on June 24th will be this free temperaments workshop. So there's a link there. If you join the community, there's a link to um, take a free temperaments assessment and then you're going to bring the results of that assessment to The workshop, which is on June 24th, Saturday at 1 o'clock, and we're going to just talk about your temperament and how it affects your grieving, how uh, understanding your own personal temperament can help you ask others for help, can help you to know what you need when you're processing uh, the loss of your child. It's just so informative. If you don't already know about the four temperaments, it's so informative to have that bit of information about yourself and to learn how it affects your life. So that will be coming up on Saturday, June 24th. And then on July 24th or the week of July 24th, my next uh, online group cohort for my um, online video retreat will be starting. So anyone can start the video retreat at any time on their own, But this year, for the first time, I'm offering quarterly group retreats. So going through it as a small group uh, ends up being such a nice way to get to know other people in the community. It ends up being uh, a great way to find just support in our weekly video chats. And it uh, enables you to have a little bit of accountability for seeing the group through to completion, or the course through to completion, because if you're like me, sometimes you might sign up for things and not finish them. So um, we still have to take that dance class. (laughs) We We signed up for a dance class together, and we never took it. But anyway, sometimes we sign up for things, and we don't finish them. But I really think that the people who sign up to do the retreat as a small group tend to get the most out of it. Because they find friendships and meet other people to go through the retreat with and to discuss the lessons with. So that is starting on the week of July 24th. But all of this can be found on my website, EileenTully.com. And there's information in the show notes about how to join the community page. So with that said, let's get started on our seventh sorrow, which is... Uh.
1: Pardon me. I want to give you the official title. Uh, and um, Eileen cited, uh, again, the book that we've uh, been doing all the seven sorrows on. But I just wanted to point out it's uh, by Deacon Greg Kendra And I think he's in the uh, Archdiocese of New York. But um, the seventh sorrow, Joseph searches for the lost Jesus. So um, we finally made it for those of you who have hung in uh, this far and made it to uh, the seventh sorrow. Um, God bless you and thank you for your patience, but, um, I think this is going to be a good one.
0: Yeah. So, um, this is also not, not all of these have been, but this sorrow is one that was also one of the seven swords of sorrow for, um, our lady of sorrows also for blessed mother. So, um, the story is that, uh, the family, the Holy family had been in Jerusalem for, what, a feast? Or Yeah, I think it was for feast a feast. And okay. And they were returning back to Nazareth, but it was in the trip home that they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. So it says that they had traveled for a day, and then they looked among all of the people. Um, what's the verse citing for this? It's Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. So... Mary and Joseph realize that Jesus is not in the caravan with them. That's traveling back from Jerusalem, and they sort of panic and realize that they have to go back to Jerusalem and try to find him, and they search for three days total and find him in the temple teaching and just wowing the priests and the the um, scribes who were there right So, um, what do we learn about this one?
1: Well, I, I think, um, I I guess one perspective, uh, that strikes me is that, um, there are miracles upon miracles, uh, associated with the life of Jesus, right? Um, the miraculous incarnation, um, to a virgin mother, uh, you know, uh, the, the grace, uh, that God bestowed on Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, you know. So for those of us uh, trying to emulate uh, or, or even relate to this story, um, there are challenges with that. They're they're so high above us. Um, but I feel like this uh, seventh sorrow is the one where the rubber meets the road because who among us can't relate? to the idea of, uh, you know, losing your child. And, and I think they, they really do a good job. Uh, they, uh, Luke, (laughs) Luke does does a good job, um, of, of really giving us the detail, uh, that we can all so uh, easily relate to that the idea that, um, as they travel in this caravan, uh, for the Feast of the Passover, which is, um, you know, something they do annually, like it becomes routine. Like they're all together. They're in the caravan. It's all family, friends, acquaintances. Um, everybody's familiar with one another and, and there's no, uh, forethought. There's no uh, hesitation in just, uh, recognizing that that they, Jesus, Jesus was was with somebody else, you know, you just, uh, that, that's how it always is. Right. Um, and then, uh, the, the familiarity and the uh you know idea that they're just uh taking his his well being for granted to uh the blood stopping uh panic of of realizing that he's not there he's not with them he's not uh with the cousins he's not um you know in the the familiar place that they always expect him to be and you know the, the um, Deacon Kendra writes, uh, as he begins meditating on, on what might have been going through their minds. Um, how can this be? Mary's eyes were pleading, desperate, then frightened. Her voice was choked with worry. And I think, um, you know, number one, this is so relatable, uh, to any of us with little kids. Um, you know, however, um, minor, the, the, loss of your child was, you know, in a, uh, Walmart where you went to another aisle and realized that, uh, your little toddler didn't follow you or, you know, just, uh, to, to God forbid something worse, but you know, that fear is real. And I think it's not a stretch for us to, uh, really kind of impose, um, the idea of, of losing a child in this same context, right? So those emotions, the pleading, desperate and frightened, um, her voice choked with worry. So um, all of this is, is, you know, just such a uh, human uh, and relatable circumstance that I feel like um, it's, it's God showing us that uh, they didn't have it easy either. Right. So so in spite mm-hmm. of the miracles, in spite of um, what you think were all the graces and blessings uh, that would have been associated with the Holy Family, this was, you know, pretty major and a pretty serious fear. Do
0: you feel distanced from God since the death of your child? Do you wish that there was someone you could talk to who understood the pain of this unique kind of loss? The present in the pain community is an online group of Catholic women who have experienced pregnancy and child loss. Come and find the support and understanding that you need to heal. Visit EileenTully.com and click on Community. Yeah, absolutely. And and suffering is part of life, even for them. Um, they didn't escape it. And we had, <laughs> I mean, in addition to losing our children, actually, who died, um, and there is a bit of an element of like sort of thinking everything's fine and then, oops, like you're having the realization, you know, maybe you have the joy of pregnancy and then you realize that you're having a miscarriage or, you know, we were like, oh my gosh, we're having twins and then, oh no, like something's wrong. Um, that is easy to put yourself into Joseph and Mary's shoes in this one too um, and But we also had, just like Patrick said, like, not only like the toddler in the Walmart, like at the next aisle, but we were at an amusement park one time and our one son sort of took off one way and we went another way and we didn't realize that he wasn't with us. So there was indeed that panic of what, what could have happened, like where could he be? And um, so... The one thing, though, that I find that I I just love the most about this sorrow, and I love it with Our Lady when I read the seven sorrows, too, is um, when they do find him, uh, it says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, so they're finding him in the temple, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And then the next sentence is my favorite because it says, But they did not understand what he said to them. And I think, you know, when we do have those experiences, all of us, when we have any experience of suffering, we sort of are tempted to ask why. But I think especially with child loss, with the the loss of a pregnancy or, or, or our child's death, we do have that question when when it's not obvious, especially of why like why why would God let this happen? why did this happen? Um, there's just so many unanswered questions that remain that are so hard to wrestle with, and I know you know ideally someday we will have all the answers that we're looking for when we get to heaven and we meet God face to face and we think like I can't wait to ask him. Why did this happen? But I love that even the Holy Family, just Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, are left with these why questions. And even when they ask them of Jesus and get an answer from him, it still doesn't put, put, put them at rest. Like could still, they're still confused. They still don't understand. And I find that to be one of the most relatable Things in this story.
1: Right. And and uh, really, to sum all that up, um, again, this is uh, kind of a meditation that uh, Deacon Kandra is writing here. But he says uh, Of all the sorrows Joseph knew in his life, this must have been the one, one of the most upsetting. His son was vulnerable, alone, completely separated from those he trusted and the parents who cared for him. After all they had been through, all the journeys they had undertaken, trusting completely in God's will, was this how it was all going to end? Mm. So, like, um, I can relate to this in the sense that, uh, it, you know, there's no uh, end to, to praying. There's no end to uh, storming in the heavens to pray for your uh, child who's dying. And, and uh, you know, the, the desperate plea uh, th- that God would spare your child uh, and then, in in spite of all of that, the ch- your child has died. Like, I, I um, yeah, I, I think Eileen's used the term like numb. Uh, that's the only response that that I can recall. Like, you, you, it's just an impossibility there's just a, a disconnect with reality like how could this possibly have been the outcome uh in spite of all of my efforts uh all of my par- prayers and pleadings for something to the contrary um but yet still you you um you recognize that <coughs> god has a purpose to it that um and for me I, honestly the the uh, the biggest solace as a father is that I want all my children to go to heaven. And, um, I I think that the history of the church is very clear on, uh, infants particularly that, um, uh, you know, they are holy innocents, Uh, and in that respect, um, there's little room to doubt that they do go straight to heaven and that is a very beautiful and comforting thought to me, and frankly, w- what got me through for sure.
0: Mm. yeah, that is so helpful, but um, yeah, I just think this this sorrow is definitely one of the most relatable ones and and it reminds us that well it makes me think about two things: the first is that we are called to hold um, hold loosely to the things that God gives us, right? We we need to have a bit of a holy detachment to things, even our children, our possessions, our jobs, our money, like they could all be taken away from us uh any time, right? So I think I think it's healthy to have a bit of a detachment to them, not that we're not of course we are attached to our children and our spouse and we love them but it's healthy and holy to have a recognition that really ultimately they're gods and he it, it, it's his will that that is what we are resigned to and that's the second thing that i was going to say is just that that resignation to god's will is so hard to do but ultimately it is just trusting that he uses all things for our good, right? That he loves us, that he knows what's best for us and wants what's best for us, that he says, "I know the plans I have for you. They're to prosper you and not to harm you." And so, if we do experience the loss of some of those things and we do feel like, "How could it, this is how it's going to end? Like how could it all end like this?" um we do we are able to say, but I know that you're good and I trust that you have a plan and I trust that even in spite of this loss um you you're my father and you love me and you love them and you want what's best for for me and for them. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and I would say that that um that was certainly the results of um our experience with the death of our daughters uh Bridget and Fiona. That, um, I did feel my, my faith ultimately was strengthened because of it. Um, and my heart goes out to those couples who, um, whose marriages suffer in the face of, uh, tragedy. Um, thanks be to God. Like I experienced the opposite. I just felt, um, uh, intensely more, um, bound to, to Eileen that, you know, she and I really pulled each other through this. Um, and and th- that was a gift of faith as a result of the experience. So um, I pray all of you can find something similar, uh, but I have to believe that it's there for the asking too.
0: Yeah. And we did, we did have very different ways of grieving though. And so I think that. Those differences can sometimes cause us to um, maybe have thoughts about the other person that maybe they're doing it wrong or they're not meeting what we need. You know, we're all trying to figure out what we need to get through it, and maybe we have thoughts about whether they, our spouse, or other people are meeting us and doing what our expectations are for them to do that are so hard to even verbalize and understand ourselves, you know? So it does, it it can put a strain on marriages. And I know that, um, you know, husbands and wives just grieve very differently. And so we just thought that by offering this series, by talking to specifically to grieving fathers, but just talking about, how they might experience this through the eyes of St. Joseph or through the lens of the sorrows that St. Joseph went through, how this might be a helpful resource. So I hope it has been a helpful series for you, and I hope that you have been able to relate to Patrick's experience of loss because I I talk to the moms enough, but I. it's my hope that the dads would feel understood and heard both by putting themselves in St. Joseph's place and by hearing, um, Patrick's own experiences through our own losses. So is that, do you have anything you want to add?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the immediate thought is just, um, how much more, uh, devoted I am, uh, to St. Joseph and, and how profound, uh, a saint he is. Um, and, and certainly, uh, to all the fathers out there, um, <laughs> if you need a guide, if you need um, somebody to turn to uh, when the going gets tough, I-, I can think of no better resource than St. Joseph. And and to that end, um, Father Don Calloway, uh, in his work, uh, the consecration to St. Joseph, absolutely wor- worth your time. I think he's even done... Um, the uh, the the like videos of uh it's a thirty day yeah, consecration yeah. 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 so it's on YouTube um so even if you don't buy his book uh which is not very expensive but uh he's got each each of the thirty days in video segments on YouTube so uh, you can get it for free and just listen to it um mm-hmm. brilliant yeah, beautiful so and uh, I, I promise you um if you're in need. Uh, of help in your life uh, certainly facing a, a tragedy of a child loss uh, or, or just um, trying to be the best husband and father that you can Saint Joseph is there to help you definitely turn to him
0: yeah absolutely so we we have really loved that consecration and um, <laughs> we're we're creeping along we're not cr- kind of on track to do it but maybe we'll get it done before Father's Day and then we can do it
1: we're so close we finished uh, the seven sorrows here. I know. Finally. We're on like day 28
0: of the consecration. I know. But it's a 33-day consecration. So (laughs) we're not quite as close as we thought. It's so hard because the kids get up in the morning when we try to do it and we don't always get it in. But we're creeping our way along. And it doesn't matter truly when you do a consecration. You know, there's sometimes you pick a feast day to do it. But but I don't think there's ever a bad time to consecrate your life to Saint Joseph and ask for his guidance and help. Right?
1: Amen. <laughs> yeah, one foot in front of the other, I, and so much of that I think is is um, echoed, hopefully, throughout this whole series. That um, the the entire process of grief is a journey, as is uh, in our faith. So um, yeah. don't don't uh, think that you're ever have to keep up with anybody else. This is uh, a race against yourself, right? You're just trying to uh, get through it as best you can and, and I would encourage you to think about one foot in front of the other as opposed to um, you know becoming this uh, amazing holy person overnight like um, turn to him turn to our Lord uh, certainly blessed mother and, and uh, now wonderful St. Joseph and they'll get you there.
0: Amen. Okay. Um, one more thing I just wanted to mention before we sign off is that I have a um, community meetup happening next Thursday, the 15th, in the community. We do these periodically. They're just an informal get together um, for all of the women in the group to get to know one another better. And so that brings our Seven Sorrows series to a close. That's a lot of us's. So, so, so. But it has been truly a blessing for us to go through this book together and to talk about these sorrows and reflect on them ourselves. And we both pray that it's been a blessing for you, too. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you
1: next time. We're praying for you.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider hitting subscribe and leaving a review so that other people are better able to find it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show in any amount, it would be helpful for maintaining the podcast hosting and production costs. Thanks for prayerfully considering that.